Testing, one, two, three, testing. Dove, are you there? I'm here. This is Scott Patton and Dove Barron, and you're listening to the Mind Mastery Podcast, take two. Yes, indeed. Because we just spent half an hour giving awesome information and discussions <laughs> and all sorts of great things, only to discover that uh, we weren't talking to ourselves. <laughs> we entertained ourselves for half an hour. It's unfortunate that you never got any of it. Yes. Uh, <coughs> what happened was we've, we've gone from using my little digital audio recorder to this massive mic, which is why we probably sound a little different today, yeah. that uh, Dove uses for when he does the accidental guru radio show. Yeah. So it's all, we're using all the studio equipment, but the system I'm going through has to be a different system for this than it is for the radio show. And so we're trying to work that out, and we thought we'd recorded, but apparently we hadn't. So we're going to do take two, because it was just too good to miss. Exactly. <laughs> so... And that's just one of the things that happens when you do new things and try new things. Sometimes it just doesn't work out quite the way you want. Yeah. <laughs> and you were in New York, and part of the uh, <laughs> reason you were in New York was to celebrate your anniversary. Yeah. And on the day of your anniversary, your breakfast didn't quite work out. No, it didn't quite work out right. Uh, <laughs> and there's a whole preliminary story to that, which was on the other podcast that you won't get to hear. Um, but the... It was our anniversary. We went to New York for a week to relax after deep, and we, while we were there relaxing, it was our anniversary, and we decided on the day of our anniversary we were going to have a really special day, and we were going to start off by, we stayed in a, a very high-end hotel, and we'd eaten at a local deli and had great breakfast every morning, but on this day, it was our anniversary, we decided we were going to eat in the hotel. Because it was a five-star hotel. Beautiful hotel. Beautiful. Yeah. The service had been magnificent. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. And we were there. It was Fashion Week, and it was the U.S. Oh, Open. Oh, yeah. Fashion so it was Week. Packed. You were in your glory. Exactly. Fashion Week. Right. But it was also the U.S. Open, so every hotel was jam-packed. Right. right. It was absolutely mobbed. And so we decided we'd have breakfast on our anniversary at the hotel. We go down to the hotel restaurant, and... The waiters are all a bit odd because they're not paying attention. They're not giving service, which is so seems very strange to us for New York in the experience we've had of New York, yeah. and certainly seems very strange in this particular hotel because it's a high-end hotel that's been giving great service. So it's just odd. Yeah. So you, I mean, it's not like you were in the hotel and everyone was giving you bad service. No. You had great experience. Yeah. But you'd never been in this restaurant. I've never been in the restaurant. So okay. So we sit down, the waiters kind of ignore us for a while, and we're kind of joking about this. This is weird. Anyway, he finally comes over, and we've had a look at the menu. What do you want? And we've just both decided we're going to have the scrambled eggs, the chicken and apple um, sausage, which sounds very nice, and the hash. Okay. So a little while goes by. It's quite a little while. And again, service is bad. They bring the food. And they, this little waiter places the food in front of me, and I point and circle at this hash, and say, excuse me, uh, what is this? He responds by saying, that's the hash. And I said, no, this is the vegetables my mother used to make me eat when I was a child. Right. And what it was was small chunks of partially boiled root vegetables, carrots, turnips, etc. It Yummy. was undercut. It was horrible. Yeah, so it wasn't uh, even cooked. No, and it was supposed to be hash, right? So the chicken sausage tasted like cardboard. 
the scrambled eggs were okay. So I said, you know, this is not good. Then he goes, he goes, well, would you like the home fries? And I'm like, home eh, fries, not for breakfast, but if that's my only option, okay, I have fries. All right, fine. So he goes away and he comes back three, four minutes later, quite quickly, brings me this, and I look at again, look at my plate, circling it, and go, excuse me, what is this? He goes, this is the home fries. I go, no, this is chunks of half-boiled, because you couldn't stick your fork through them, <laughs> half-boiled potatoes slathered in oil with some green bits over the top. It was just terrible, really bad. <laughs> like it was, and it was so bad that it was funny. Right. Like we had to just make fun of it, and we just laughed anyway. Um, and because it was our anniversary, we were just in a great mood, and we are going to let everything get to us. Well, and you had this amazing day all organized. We had it all planned out. We are going to have this great day and do wonderful things taking in views and experiences and all kinds of things. So we decided from there we were going to go to uh, the Empire State Building, which I'd never been to. Yeah, I've never actually been to it either. No, I mean, I think it's one of those things you're always going to get to. Yeah. And I'll tell you something about it. It's um, We can learn from somebody that they make enough money by people going up to the viewing area that they never have to rent a single room in the, whole, in the building. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was it, um, in the in the 80s. The nickname of it was called the Empty State Building because oh. they actually couldn't rent it out. Now it's packed; every room is packed, but it's all pure profit from the rent. All pure profit because they make all the money from people going up. So to go up, you buy tickets outside. There's a the, lesson in there. Absolutely. So you buy these tickets outside, and and um, and there's a long lineup. It's going to be about an hour just to get in the elevator. Wow. Right, this is the elevator. And the elevator doesn't take a lot of people. So the guy says, well, there's a way around it, and the way around it, this is official, the way around it is to go on what they call a sky ride. <clears throat> I go, okay, what's that? And he says... Yeah, I'm thinking of a roller coaster well, 80 floors above the... That's exactly what I thought of, and I don't do roller coasters, so I was like, no. And he's like thinking I'm a complete wimp, but I don't care. <laughs> so he says, no, no, it's not like that. And I said, well, what is it? He goes, it's kind of like um, one of those uh, IMAX... Uh, with the theater all around you, and you're in this seat that makes you feel like okay. you're in a helicopter buzzing around. So, okay, all right. That I've sounds been on good. one of those in Disneyland. Right, and so he says, it's like a Disney ride. Okay, yeah, fair enough, we'll go do that. So we line up, we get in, takes a little while, not too long, but we get in. We go in there, sit in this, looks like a hand-built box that seats <laughs> about 20 people. And we sit there, and out in front of us is, is a relatively small screen, certainly not IMAX. Yeah. The movie starts and it's bad. It's not working. It's kind of crackly and poppy, and you can hear a bit of voices in the background. But you can't see anything. You can't see anything. It's black screen. Then you can hear a rewind it, and you can actually hear that as they rewind <laughs> it, which is really cheesy. They do that still? <laughs> oh, apparently on this one. Then Mr. Scott, Scotty from Star Trek, welcomes oh. you. Oh, good. He's only been dead 10 years, so I'm kind of concerned <laughs> right off the bat. Then the voice of Kevin Bacon, who should be ashamed of himself for narrating this thing, starts to talk. Probably early in his career. It must have been very early <laughs> in his career. Um, and it starts showing on this small screen this film that looks like it was filmed on a high eight camera handheld. It's fuzzy and shaky no. and really bad. And you're sat in this box that's got sort of bumpers underneath it that's moving you apparently as if you're in this quote-unquote helicopter. Yeah. What it's more like is you're sat in a cardboard box strapped on top of a 1966 Mini with bad suspension going down a bumpy road. It's just there you go. awful, really awful. 
And I actually did a little podcast from the top and said to people, um, don't go there. It's, uh, it's lamer <laughs> than a three-legged donkey in a house race. It was just really bad. But we did go up to the viewing tower, and the view was absolutely spectacular. It was a clear blue sky. You could see in every possible direction. And, you know, you look up at the Empire State Building, and, you know, it was the tallest building in New York for many years. Um, And you, you know, you imagine it's tall, but you don't really get it till you're up there. Yeah. And you look down, you see all these amazing, like, you see cars look like little... Ants, not even toy cars. I mean, it's just tiny. Wow. You really see. Yeah, you know, it was amazing, absolutely beautiful. And then we came out of there and uh, went to the Guggenheim uh, Art Gallery Museum, oh, yeah. which is very beautiful. And it's a spiral gallery, so you walk up and they have wow. showings all the way up. And they have two permanent galleries attached to the sides, with where they have the same artwork all the time. But then they have these showings in this spiral gallery. So it was very beautiful, beautiful architecture, stunning. Wow. Uh, for those of you who follow us on Facebook, I'll put up some of the photographs from New York for you on Facebook. Um, I'll do that real soon. By the time you get this podcast, they'll probably be up. I'll put them up for you. That would be cool. It'd be great yeah. to see. Really cool. Um, so we went to the, the Guggenheim. That was a wonderful, wonderful day. And we also took in a show while we were there. Oh, which one? It was called Promises, Promises with Sean Hayes, who was Jack in Will and Grace right. and in Will and Grace he is does uh, I don't know if he did you used to watch that well the odd time uh, he, did, used to he do, can't sing I used remember to do that show he had a, an off Broadway show which was in this crappy bar and he used to do Just Jack and it was Just Jack 2000 right <laughs> <laughs> and he was really bad and uh, this was uh, he was singing he was dancing he's got a beautiful voice wow he really could sing the whole cast were fabulous and he was really funny. He had lived and he cracked, he cracked, he, he cracked up his uh, playmates. Right. The like they threw him off. Threw him off. off. Yeah. Threw himself off. At one point, he's trying to wipe up this thing with a, like the spill with a coat that's on the floor. Like spilled some drink and he's used the coat to wipe it up. But because he's laughing, he just keeps wiping it and everybody's just giggling around. <laughs> it was really, really good. Very entertaining. Oh, good. And one of the things I love about New York, I mean, he came out of the theater. You know, on Broadway, and it's uh, we went to a matinee, so it was uh, six o'clock at night. You know, still beautiful light, and because it's summer, <coughs> and it was warm, and streets are just buzzing, and people are happening, and you know, people are dressed nice, and some people are dressed casual, some people are dressed nice, and then we walk down to um, Sixth Avenue, which is uh, Avenue of the Americas, and there's uh, the Brazil Day. Oh, and there's all these stalls and Brazilian music and people dancing and streets are just packed. Oh, that would be fun. Oh, it was so great, man, so great, and people singing in Portuguese and dancing and it was just fabulous. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Just, I love New York. Yeah. I love the energy of it. I love the vibe, the vibrancy of it. You're going to be there next week, right? That's right. Yeah, I'm going next week. I'm going to be uh, teaching a class for the Learning Annex. And then uh, I'm going to be taking a, a trip back halfway across the uh, the country to Denver. I'm going to be speaking there, and then I'm going to go back to New York. To I just can't get enough of it. I got to go Apparently there. Apparently not. It's so good. They named it twice, and I got to go there twice. <laughs> there you go. And uh, the Learning Annex has a one-day internet uh, marketing event, and they asked me to come back and speak at that. So fabulous. Yeah. So I'm going to be there uh, for probably about 
school over a week of the two weeks that I'm gone. Wow. And I'm really looking forward to it. And so what is, what is the date that you're going to be back in New York the second time? Uh, it's going to be October 3rd is when I speak. So right. probably around the 1st of <coughs> October till the 4th. And can, can anybody go to that? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a Learning Annex event. Just go to learningannex.com and they should have a link there sometime, which uh, you click on, and I don't know, it's 30 bucks to get Internet in Marketing stuff. Conference. Yeah. Cool. I actually don't know what it's called. All right. It's <laughs> the Learning ball. Annex are a really interesting group, right? Because um, they're, they're, it's a large, well-known organization, well -known. and uh, they have tons and tons of courses going on all the time. And... Uh, and I've, since I went once, mm -hmm. they've seen me and they know who I am and they like me, I guess. And they mm -hmm. said, "Come back." And, right. and I said, "I'll come back." And they, uh, I, th I think they sent me a contract, and I haven't really heard and a date. Right. And I haven't really heard anything else. Right. <laughs> right. I think they sent me the the place. So you're supposed to psychically pick up the details. I'm not even sure what I'm going to be talking <laughs> about. I, you know, like, when I got there the last you time, you might be at a horse racing conference. It could be. <laughs> the, well, the first time when I got there, I told them what I was going to be talking about, and then I saw the the uh, little booklet they make out right. and read what I was going to be talking about, which was quite a bit different than what oh, is I that thought, right? right? So I had, unfortunately, a few hours, and I kind of tweaked what I had to talk about so that it fit more with what they said I was going right. to be talking about. So I don't know if that's poor communication or no communication, but hey, it's an excuse to go to New York and, and that's always a I, good thing. To I do. know talk in front of six or seven hundred people is always fun. And, yeah, and uh, we just go from there. So uh, yeah. actually, when I went, it was the funniest thing about when I spoke was uh, this big black guy came right in the suit, mm -hmm. came right up to the front, and he had one of these really massive, like professional photographer cameras. Really started clicking pictures of me as I'm as I'm talking on the stage. Really? Right? Yeah. So he's <coughs> like he's <coughs> there's an aisle down the center, you know, 300 mm -hmm. people on each side, and he kind of is, comes up the center. Then he goes off to one side, goes off to the other side, and he takes about 30 pictures of me. And I'm thinking he's you know with the learning annex or what, but I mean it's he's not subtle. Right. He's massive, right. and the people behind him can't, can't see, see a bloody thing. You right. know, and he's not anywhere any length of time, right? right. For them to, but I, mean, I but and it's just, it doesn't just go like click. It's click click. You know how the yeah. you know like it's it's a digital camera with a sound recording, right? It doesn't really make that noise, I'm sure. Right. But this big click click, and it's just and it really just kind of threw me off for a second, and it was weird. So was it with the end? No, he wasn't. After he came up and he talked to me later, and he was like. Are you with the ant? No, no. I just wanted to come take pictures of everybody that's speaking, and I don't know. Did he send you any pictures? No. Damn. <laughs> I know. I would have liked to have had them. It would have been really good. So it's a, it's just one of those things where you go and whatever happens happens, and and that, have a good time, right? Yeah. But the, and in many ways, that is what New York is, isn't it? I mean, it it's is. This experience of of just you know you're just there and you do whatever you do and and. You know, I, I don't plan much out when I go to New York because I always know this stuff will happen. That's right. You know, if it's, anything's going to happen, it'll happen there. It'll right? happen in New York, yeah. And just, I love that about it. Yeah, it's yeah. a great spot. I, you know, I love the fact that you, every, every, they have these corner grocery stores in Manhattan. You know, they're like, you know, like, they're not 7-Elevens, but they're kind of grocery stores like that. And yet they all have uh, buffet food. 
Yeah, I noticed that. So you're like starving hungry at three o'clock in the morning. You know, you're you're open not, you, don't, you don't have to go to McDonald's. You can go there, and it's like you know, you can get you can get uh, like I got a mango salad, quinoa salad, and, yeah, and it's not like yeah, it's not like the ordinary everyday blah no. blah. I mean, it's like gourmet. Yeah, food. nice stuff, really yeah. good stuff. It was like you know, one morning I came back late and I was like, oh, I'm hungry, and quinoa salad, mango salad, and a quiche. There was one place near where I was staying because when I stayed in I was in New York in the spring, and now I'm going again. So I guess I go to New York twice a year now is kind of cool. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Aren't we special? And uh, a friend of mine told me about a penthouse near Central uh, Park. Yeah. So that's where I stayed. And uh-huh. of course, it was, I don't know, 10 or 11 at night, and I was a bit hungry, and the, I, you know, there's not really anything I can eat in the penthouse. Right. So uh, I went out, and I came to one of these little shops like you were talking about, yep. and went in. One of the most magnificent muffins. This was before the oh. muffins. Back when you were the Muffin Man. Back when I was still the Muffin Man. <laughs> Magnificent muffin. It was like, oh, it was so good and unique. It was like a muffin I'd never even eaten before, even right. conceived of before, right? <laughs> wow. And then it was lots of them, right? And then this case with all this, like, couscous and stuff yep. in it, all weird, you know, like, never seen any of that. Type Not of your thing. average. No, no. No, this, you know, the average would be like macaroni and cheese. Like there exactly. Was, there wasn't anything like that there at all. I, I love that. Yeah, it's just great. I mean, but that's you know the, that's the the thing about New York is is that it like we've talked about you know I think there's a bad rap that belongs in the late seventies early eighties about it being an unfriendly city, mm-hmm. and everybody I talked to who was there visiting said they find New York to be incredibly friendly and warm and everybody's you know they're, they're just great people. Yeah, I would totally and agree. They, and they really they really embrace the fact that they're. Um, they're a tourist city. I, you know, I've traveled mm. quite a lot. And do you know what city has the most tourists in the world? What place has the most tourists in the world? Paris. Paris is number one. Really? Yeah. Okay. More than Disneyland, more than New York, Paris. Okay. But Parisians hate tourists. <laughs> yeah, they don't have a reputation of being very friendly no. at all. French people, I've traveled all the way out through France, very warm, very friendly, lovely people. Parisians are something else. And I have friends who are Parisian. Right. I, I actually have several friends who are Parisian, uh, one of whom lives here, actually. Um, and, but the Parisians don't particularly like the tourists. They're not, you know, they feel like you're intruding in their city. And, you know, if it was up to them, they wouldn't have you. Right. New York, on the other hand, has really got this... They got it somewhere in their coconut that they're proud of their town and they want to show it off to you. That they're, they're proud of it. Um, it is theirs. They're very owning of New York. I'm a New yeah. Yorker, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, they very much want to you to to take it in and enjoy it and see it for the magnificence of what it is. And and it's <clears throat> it's really um, friendly. You know, I remember back in the day, like again about the early '80s. You know, there was a a sort of a mentality about New Yorkers being big mouths and being loud, uh, loud, obnoxious. obnoxious, and very unfriendly. Oh, yeah. They're not. Not at all. Maybe they are outside of New York, but well, they're certainly not that way in New York. No, I mean, I found them to be very accommodating, uh, helpful. I mean, if I stopped on the street and asked somebody anything, yeah. I mean, there was one point where we were getting the underground and we were looking at the, the map. You know, it's complex, the yeah. underground. Yeah. And I looked at it, and this guy just walks over to me and goes, where are you trying to get to? And I told him, and he goes, oh, it's over here, and he's... Like, I didn't even ask him. 
Yeah. You had the similar experience last time you were there, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Somebody walked over. I walked up and asked this uh, black couple, and uh, they told me I was on the right uh, right, uh, ramp and everything else. And then I went back, and we were looking at the map just because we wanted to get familiar with it. And I think he thought that I wasn't sure. So we went over and said, well, no, here you are, and this is this will take you here. And I go, oh, great, thanks. Yeah. And I said, we're just trying to get familiar with the map because it's a little yeah. overwhelming. And, and then when I got on, mm-hmm. he was on the same car and, and his right. girlfriend. And they, I'm sure that if I wasn't getting off at the right one, they would have told you. He would have yeah. to- pushed me off. Well, yeah. He would have told me, you know, because yeah. I went over to say, you know, like, thanks. And he was like, yeah, you know, just this is the right one. Yeah, I just find them to be really friendly, really accommodating. And as I said to you before, before when we weren't able to record, I just find there's a mentality of being on purpose. Yes. Um, the way people walk in the street, like I said, I believe that everything is a metaphor, and the way people walk is a metaphor for the way they drive, and it's also a metaphor for the way they live. So if you dawdle as you walk, you're the person that's driving everybody crazy. When well, yeah, you're, you're a dawdler in your life. I mean, you know, we walk through the mall locally, and there's people there, and they, you know, they're shuffling like they're in bedroom slippers looking left and right and can't make a decision, you're in a freaking mall. And they take half steps right in and front of you. Yeah, and then they stop. And so you bump into them and, you know, you got to say, sorry, I'm on purpose, right? Yeah. Um, and in New York, people are on purpose. And when they stop, they get up to the side, yeah. you know, so they can stop while they think about whether do I go left or right or whatever it is. And they're on purpose. And I love that about them. And I find that the because of that, they're very entrepreneurial. They think differently mm-hmm. about money. They think differently about how they spend money, about how that works, and they're very entrepreneurial. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're thinking of things and doing things. When you talk to them, they've got a lot of ideas, and they're not just saying ideas, they're doing stuff. Right. They're putting stuff in action. As I said to my wife many years ago when I first went back, and I said to her, um, we should move here, and she said, why? And I said, because we can get a five-year plan done in 18 months. Because <laughs> everybody's moving that fast, you know? Right, right. You need, you know, what it would take five years to do here, it will take 18 months to do that. Because you can find people who are also entrepreneurial who will assist you. Because they, okay, I can make money, I can do something with that, and they'll do that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, that's what we've been up to. You've been in the mountains. That's right. I went up to uh, Glacier National Park and we hiked up to 6,000 feet above sea level and camped on the side of a cliff. Yeah, I've seen the pictures of that and uh, you couldn't get me there if you drugged me and drug, <laughs> drugged me with drugs and then drugged right. me up to get there. It's the you couldn't walk around the tents without falling off. The, the balcony view was very scary. If you rolled out of bed in the night, you'd be dead. It's not, not. The views were stunning. I got to tell you, the pictures I saw were the view was stunning, but uh, a little wobbly for me. <laughs> I, I have a problem with heights since a certain day back in June 1990. Right. And uh, that's not going to work for me. Yeah. The, uh, the night sky was spectacular. There was no light pollution. We just saw gazillions of stars. It yeah. was the time of year when we hit a, a like a dust cloud in space. The Earth mm-hmm. goes through this dust cloud in space at the same time every year. So there was lots and lots of uh, meteorites. Meteorite showers, right. We saw a few um, satellites go by. Wow. We, we didn't see any UFOs. That was the thing that disappointed me the most. No UFOs. No. no uh, however, we had two tents, and the people in the other tent 
uh, called out to us in the middle of the night and did you turn on your light or something because it's a bright flash coming from the area of our tent right so we think we might have just been enlightened for a nanosecond or something <laughs> <laughs> but it was absolutely spectacular it was great being out in the in the in the wilderness the fresh air 6000 feet up 6000 feet up and of course th- we started at a probably That's about 6 6000 feet is 600 stories high yeah it's it's twice the height of Gross Mountain if you want to if you want to wow yeah now we didn't go walk up 6000 because we started right. you know, relatively high i think we went up about 1500 meters but uh, it was yeah it was spectacular was it cold at night yeah, it, it was sunny so during the day it was warm it was uh, it was a nice temperature if you're going to do that sort of exertion and then as soon as the sun went down Temperature dropped about 20 degrees. It no, was, it was very, very close to zero at night. Yeah. But we just uh, had our nice, warm sleeping bags and a good excuse to cuddle yeah. and get very close to the rock surface. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I just, I don't, I can't really see me sleeping well in that environment. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just be like, oh my god. Uh, yeah. We were excited when we found it because it was flat. Like there right. wasn't a lot of places that were flat. No, I'm sure. And but this was like. It was like the the earth was was flat and it had its different sedimentary levels and mm-hmm. then it turned perpendicular right. so they were all up and down and of course they would just fall off that's why we had the cliff right uh, and then there was rocks going down in a 45 degree angle on the other side but right at the top there was this one flat space one flat space that a basically a three f- uh, three meter by three meter or nine foot by nine foot tent two spots like that where they could they weren't together how do you hold the tent now? Uh, well, there was no pegs or anything. There was just uh, <laughs> oh. those eyes just went like super wide. No, there was. Uh, what about a wind, mate? A big wind <laughs> comes along. Well, yeah, and you're kiting off the edge of the mountain. <laughs> we weren't on the absolute top of the ledge. We were down like four feet. So if the wind came from one side, we were in the leeward side. We wouldn't feel it. If it came from the other side, it would just push us against the the wall. Oh, see, the back of my legs are going wobbly right now. <laughs> Even thinking about that shit. So You're not pinned down? No. Hello. What happens is... Good night. Two, Good night being here. These two rods, and you put them in the tent, and then you hook them on the bottom, and they, they bow, yeah, and that holds the top up. Yeah, I got that. And then we... And then the wind comes along, and, and you blow we, off the edge like a, like a <laughs> child's bubble. And we, well, then what we did is we had ropes that we would then tie to massive rocks so that the tent wouldn't actually go in. Oh, Mason, I'm, I'm Too so... Too small, very frayed string. <laughs> exactly. We're holding this yeah. on this cliff. Yeah. <laughs> held, onto, held onto a cliff by uh, dental floss. Dental floss. I'm not, not up wishes. for it. Yeah. No, not for me. <laughs> Thank you for shopping. Bye-bye now. <laughs> uh, and actually, one of uh, the group was actually thinking, you know, we could actually like climb down this cliff. And we're all looking at him. Yes, yes, we could, but we're not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you could, but I'm not. Yeah, particularly if you've got 50 pounds on your back. Yeah, no, I'm just not. Not gonna happen. Been there, done that, tried all that kind of stuff. Don't like it much anymore. Thank you. No, got the scars to prove it. <laughs> Still got metal in my face from the last time. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. So I'll give that a miss. So we went. It was all. Very well marked trails yeah. that we went up on. So aside from the odd time when we, you know, took a look at the cliff and, and how how far it down fell, it was like 500 feet, pretty pretty much vertically down. 
Mate. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It's not working for me, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. So while I was up uh, 6,000 feet, you were out in nature too somewhere. Yeah, at that point in time, we were out also in a mountain, um, but in a different kind of mountain, um, in a mountain range, in the snow, in the forest mm -hmm. line. Far from the snow. Yeah, far from the snow, in the forest line though, um, on a lake. Um, was absolutely beautiful, Loon very lake. pristine. Yeah, Loon Lake, pristine, gorgeous, um, stunning. We were up there teaching deep. It was a seven-day retreat. Um, no cell phone connection, nothing out there. Absolutely, totally engrossed in what we were doing, and and the nature around us. And mm -hmm. one particular night, I think it was like the, uh, I think it was the fifth night. Um, three folks, one of whom was your girlfriend, um, decided to go swimming at one o'clock in the morning. They didn't uh, know what time it was because they had no clocks. Right. But it was one o'clock in the morning and uh, three of them went swimming in the lake. Uh, there's no light. There's no light to the go down where you go down there. Right. No light. They went swimming in the lake and that was the same night that a bear came to visit. Oh, no. Right. So in the morning <laughs> I asked, are they around? Because the bear came right to the building, wow. went to the garbage. And it was a, apparently a big bear, the caretaker of the building saw it, and it was a big, big bear came down. Wow. So it was on the other side of the building from where they were, but it was, uh, <laughs> it was the same night. So, wow. Yeah, so we were up there. You were out in the wilderness then, yeah, too. We were out, it's, it was very beautiful. Yeah. And uh, no, no sense of falling off crazy heights, so that's good for me. <laughs> and the lake was probably cold. Uh, the lake was very cold. I did not go in. Yeah. Uh, although your girlfriend did very much want to push me in, and so did many other people, but I was well, not I wonder going. why that would be. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. I can't imagine why that would be. <laughs> the fact that I shoved many of them in is really irrelevant. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> in fact, one guy uh, dived into the shallow end and has a nice, oh. has a nice big groove on the top of his head, but a couple of big holes where <laughs> he shut his head open. Um, oh, no. So he got, got his head conked pretty good. But it, I think it was just his excuse to have a lot of women fussing around him, which is what he got. So he was kind of <laughs> okay with that. that. Yeah, he was okay with that. And of course, you and I have got an adventure together coming up very soon. That's right. I am so looking forward to it. Yeah, Scott and myself and a bunch of other great teachers are going to get together. We're going to be teaching quantum wealth mastery. If you want to find out about it, you can go to quantumwealthmastery.com. Yeah. And there you'll find out about Scott and myself and what it is that we're teaching. This is a great program. It's four days. Not to be missed. It's coming up very soon, actually. Yeah, it is. In October. Well, I'll be back two weeks after I'm back. We're doing it. Yeah, so it's very, very soon. And uh, we'll tell you more about that one, actually, in our next podcast. So I guess we're time's up. It's time to go. Hopefully yeah. we recorded it. Yeah, hopefully we did. And uh, I really do hope so. So until next time. And like I said, check us out. Check us out um, on your iTunes. Make sure you subscribe to the to the show. Yep. Tell your friends to subscribe to the show. Leave us your comments and your feedback and your reviews. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. And even if you want to hear something specific, let's talk about something specific, let us know. Yeah. If Go you search on uh, Mind Mastery Podcast, yep. you yeah. go to Mind Mastery Podcast, you'll find us in iTunes. Okay, make sure you subscribe to the show. Tell your friends. And until next time, live with courage.